There is a library that exists at the nexus where all other universes collide. Inevitably, things wind up there by mistake. Books, artifacts, people. This is the place where things from all universes end up when they get lost. This is the Eternity Archives. Welcome to the Eternity Archives, an actual play podcast where we play interdimensional archivists who try a bunch of cool things. This time, the cool thing we're trying is Henshin. My name is Bappy. My pronouns are they, them. And before we get started, let's kick it off with our icebreaker question and some intros. To my lovely co-host, if you were a spandex hero whose entire purpose was to sell toys, what would your signature weapon be? Hi, everyone. Uh, my name is Ziva. My pronouns are she, her. I'm playing Linda, the uh, lovable human office lady who, unlike me, is usually more on team cat than team horse. Um, and she is taking the role of the um, orange uh, ranger on our um, our henshin team. So I personally really like bows and arrows. So I want to say bows and arrows. But if it's going to be a toy, it's got to be like a really sick bow and arrow. Yeah, with like horses or something. Bows and arrows are always cool. I don't know what you're talking That's about. That's true. Maybe it's maybe it's like a bow and arrow, but the bow's got all these like really cool like like swirly horse carvings on it. So basically, if like Eowyn used a bow and arrow instead of a sword, that's what my signature weapon would be. That sounds like nerd shit. Okay, next. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Hi, everyone. I'm Dorka. I am playing Red Ranger Zen, who has a cool sword this arc. And y'all are going to see some even cooler stuff from her coming up. My signature weapon, y'all think I'm going to say some sort of sword? Yes. Yes. I'm actually not. Spear. Okay, you got me. (laughs) Second guess doesn't count. My signature weapon would be a spear. I just think they're really neat. And I really wish I knew how to fight with one. But um, a lot of like, you know, sword fighting classes don't teach that until you're like really advanced because spears are really dangerous. It's a spear. How hard can it be? Just just poke. Just poke really hard. (laughs) Become a fisherman. I'm I'm not seeing the problem here. Dorka, do you want a spear because of somewhere between one and like half of Wheel of Time characters by any chance? Yes. Okay, yeah, call out post. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I guess that's me now. Uh, hi, my name is, is Ember. Uh, I use she, they for my pronouns, and I am playing Hope, the interdimensional traveler who has now unfortunately been confined to the library while she tries to figure out how to escape the library that she's been confined to but she's not really trying very hard yeah it's not like sinister it's not nefarious right? yeah it's not like you know. <laughs> not, not to mention there's like comfy beds and people who bake a lot of cookies and and reading well she's out of the library right now she is but she, she can't she can't leave now she's got a job to do uh and in henshin she is playing the black ranger and my signature weapon tragically has already existed since the 
premiere of the 1977 film that some of you may have heard of called Star Wars, where it's a sword that glows and cuts things a whole lot. Uh, so I'm you probably, make it from a space rock. I'm going to have to, and you make it from a space, it's, it's my ideal weapon. Uh, so I'm going to go with a different tack, and I'm going to go with uh, throwing death frisbees, like the kind that Xena used, or the kind that they use in Tron, uh, where you throw it around. Are those called just, chakrams? Chakrams? I think so. I can't remember what they're called. I do know there is a name for them, and it's probably that. So I'm going to go with that, and they would make whistling noises as they go through, and also probably light up, because any weapon is better when it lights up, and this is a scientifically proven fact. <laughs> that's true. That's cool as shit, yeah. Uh, mine, I think, in the newest Super Sentai, there's a guy who has a tambourine gun. <laughs> what? Yes, he dances... What? When he transforms, he dances while rhythmically tapping his tambourine. And then when he's finished, he shoots the gun, which then fires off the transformation energy. So I would be a keyboard, like a computer keyboard, but it would also be a gun. But I would kind of play it like a keytar too. So instead of like typing it like in front of me, like in a floating console, I'd be holding it like a keytar, but typing on it like a keyboard. And then I would hit fire it as a gun. Just just the most devastating insults. Yes. You turn yeah. around and type lol noob and it like. Yeah, I call people incels and stuff. Yeah. Have you been you a go. bard this whole time? <laughs> <laughs> I desperately want to be a bard. I think it'd be very cool. So last episode, we started with a lengthy discussion on Henshin and the culture and genre that inspired it. And now we're going to do it all over again. Out of sp- No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> it's just me talking about tokusatsu from now on. Uh, so then we ended the ep with uh, y'all dropping off into the beautiful, fantastical world of Crestoria. And your objective is to locate some kind of magic gem. And you've found yourself landing in some <laughs> hot water. <laughs> I'm blocking you on Facebook. Oh, <laughs> uh, but are y'all ready for for this uh, truly epic stuff that's going to happen? Yes. I'm show me so the ready. unicorns. Yes, absolutely. Okay. Let's go. Let's go find some unicorns, everyone. Fuck yeah. Before you is a battle on what looks like a pirate ship. One that is being boarded by another ship. And though while the one beneath your feet is decidedly wood, or at least some kind of wood, the other one is completely smooth and sleek and shiny, like some kind of alien metal. A horde of hunched over bipedal creatures draped in some kind of raggedy long coat with the hoods drawn, their faces are obscured except for the beam of bright green eyes, and they brandish an assortment of weapons. There's no, like, standard weapon they're all using. Some of them have machetes, others have, like, bars or crowbars of some sort. Some have clubs, knives, whatever. It's kind of like they just picked up whatever was available and was like, let's fucking go, boys. And then behind them stands another bipedal creature, one that slightly resembles a shark. Across their face are crisscrossed eye patches that cover both eyes, and they have unwieldy, disproportionately large claw hands. As soon as you get here, the sounds of shouting, grunts, battle cries, and weapons clashing fill your ears. What do you guys do? Hope is going to immediately get on her feet and then get in front of at least Linda and also Zen try and put herself between anyone with a weapon and her teammates. 
no one's really paying attention to you because it's not like it's like a oh a big grand entrance where it's like a flash of light and you're like beamed here it's just kind of like all of a sudden you just blipped into the space and then kind of by the time you guys appear this battle clearly looks like it's starting because these hordes of creatures are just now boarding the side of the ship this battle was underway by the time you appeared on the ship Linda's gonna look around and see if she sees their contact anywhere. So on this kind of alien metal looking ship, you see the shark guy with the eye patches across both eyes. And then you see the mooks, which are just the kind of raggedy trench coat looking people with their hood drawn. But on the ship that you guys are on, you see lots of different creatures, definitely more variety than the ones that are boarding the ship. You see humans or at least human-like creatures. Some of the humans have cat tails or dog tails. Some of them have the cat ears. Others are just full-on, like, anthropomorphic animals. You see, like, lizard people, like, similar to Zen, not exactly the same. You see a centaur woman. She has, like, the horse bottom half, and then the top half is a human form with nice but practical armor, and she kind of has, like, bird wings on her back. And then at the, what's, like, the top of the ship where the steering wheel is? I know what you're talking about. I don't know the term. Yeah, I have no idea. Let me look up ship anatomy. I know a lot of ship words, but not that one. What's a ship word that you know? Port and starboard. I know those words. I don't know what they mean, though. Port is left. Starboard is right. Head is bathroom. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay, well, I don't, I can't find an easy reference to this, but kind of like at the head of the, the sh- not the head, because that's the bathroom. <laughs> <laughs> at the part of the ship where there's like the steering wheel, you see there is a group of mooks who are fighting what looks to be your contact. They're wearing, uh, she's wearing the same outfit. Now you see her in color. She is feature-wise exactly what she looks like in drawing, but she is, uh, so she has like light blue fur. And then her unicorn is like a shimmery cerulean blue. And then her mane is a medium blue that's like tied up in a, in a ponytail, I guess. Sorry, I gotta say. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't do it on purpose. But yeah, that looks to be your contact. She is currently fending off these mooks with small dual short swords. So Zen takes the bare minimum, the bare minimum amount of time required to read the situation. Yeah, there's a couple bears around you guys too. Excellent. (laughs) So she looks around, sees the contact, she sees these creatures, and she makes a snap judgment on who are the good guys and who are the bad guys. The creatures are the bad guys, she assumes. The shark man, that looks like a cool thing to fight. (laughs) And lo and behold, She has a sword. Yes, I was going to wait till after the battle, but I guess it might make more sense to do it now. What do you guys look like and what are you wearing if there's, you know, what what is like your outfit changes? She has a sword. That is the most important thing. That is (laughs) her most defining feature. She's also wearing like a loose fitting pair of those like the pirate pants. Yeah, 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 yeah. The, the, like, red and black stripes and probably, like, a red sash over her chest and not much else. She's barefoot. She is a lizard woman. She is ready to rumble. So do you just run in and, like, start fighting these mooks or what? where exactly are you, like, directing yourself now? Towards where the enemies are thickest. Okay, so that's probably gonna be near where, not the bridge, but you know how like in the shows or movies, like they they put the planks down to connect the ships. Obviously this this enemy boat is a little bit more futuristic looking. And so they're not putting down like wooden planks, but it is kind of like a metal bridge that they've uh, leaned onto this wooden boat. And so there are kind of some 
folks fighting on the bridge of the ship. So the thickest of the fighting is where the two boats are connected. Well, then that's where she's going. Okay, you can gain a token for that because one of Red's light turns is head into danger without your squad. And it sounds like you're running in to do some fighting, right? There is fighting. She sees it happening and she's not going to take much time to think about it. Okay, so go ahead and you gain a token for that. First token of the game. Woo! Heck yes. What does everyone else do? Linda, first of all, looks like normal human Linda. Same age, same height, but she is wearing sort of a tattered black, like a surcoat dress over a uh, big puffy pirate shirt. And around her waist, she has an orange sash tied. She also is wearing like a sort of faded black piratey hat. Linda's sexy. (laughs) (laughs) Linda's, I think, once the fighting is over, will be very happy with being a badass pirate lady. And she's also got a pair of nice sturdy boots. And so she notices that she has her unicorn style rapier tucked into her sash. So what Linda's going to do is pull out her rapier and go towards the contact because she wants to protect her and make sure that they can actually make contact with their contact. Okay, for sure. Hope, what do you look like? And then what are you going to be doing next? Well, I realize I forgot to describe what Hope actually looks like back in the library. Yeah, I just realized that as I said that. <laughs> but I will describe her here, and then whenever, actually, whenever she goes back to the library, she can resume her, her normal form. Hope is generally about 5'5". Five, five. She's got pretty messy, layered, shortcut blonde hair, and her eyes here are bright red, with both of her sclera are white. Her left arm, which is mechanical and a prosthetic in most cases, is still that, but it probably looks like more in fitting with whatever the tech looks like here. But aside from that, I'd say the rest of her is organic. It's it's skin and, and bones and everything else. The lines and the arcane sigils that are just etched over her are just tattoos at this point. They look like that. And she's still got her nice assortment of, of scars and, and everything else that, that decorate her. She's dressed in a kind of loose-fitting white shirt. And then she's actually got like a short, like above-the-hip jacket that's on top of that. And then aside from that, she's in tighter pants, I would say, than, than Zen. And she's, she, too, is in a nice pair of sturdy boots. The outer jacket that she's got is black, but aside from that, the other splash of color that she's got are red stripes on her on her gloves. Speaking of which, she's wearing combat gloves that are otherwise fingerless, but there's padding around the knuckles to protect her whenever she goes to punch people, which is probably what she's going to do now. So one of her companions runs off into a thick mess of presumed enemies. The other one of them runs off to go protect their contact, meaning that now, of course, she has to go and make a choice, which is a little unfortunate because she was hoping to be able to wait a little bit before she does something like that. (laughs) But in this case, she's going to go ahead and having seen Zen fight, she knows that Zen can definitely handle herself. And having seen Linda fight, she knows that Linda might need a little bit of help. That's very valid. (laughs) So she's gonna go and run over and help protect the contact as well. And also definitely try and keep the whatever they are is off Linda's back. Alright, so Zen, you see these different animal-esque people there is like, is it a griffin or a hippogriff? What's the one that's like a horse bird? Horse bird is hippogriff. Okay, like a kind of like a hippogriff woman. She's wielding a lance and she's like trying to fend off a group of these uh, trench coat mooks. There's like a little scrappy looking cat boy guy. It doesn't look like he's holding his own as well. And <laughs> you see like various other uh, animal people, bear people and stuff like that trying to get these bad guys off their ship. What do you do? 
So Zen is going to wade into the fray, hacking and slashing at these bad guys. She's going to make her way towards the gangplank or the the bridge that they're boarding on, and she's going to try and kick it off into the water. So it is kind of like connected to their ship. So there isn't really a way to like kick it off like you would kick off like a plank of wood, but there might be a way to like kick it off so that maybe like like if the ship had moved slightly in some way, then like the bridge wouldn't be resting on it anymore, if that made sense. Okay. I mean, you can still go with that plan if, if you wanted someone to like help you with that. <laughs> yeah, so she'll kick it, realize that that's not working. And then she will try and, like, lift it up, and she'll kind of lock eyes with the nearest person on her side and gesture for them to help her with that. Okay, so when you do that, these mooks are kind of, like, preoccupied with everyone else, and you, you kind of cut down, like, a swath of these bad guys with, with your cutlass, and now you're trying to lift this metal plank-type thing up. Some of the mooks might take notice of you, but they're kind of, like, mindless, you know? They're just kind of doing their job. So when you do this, you grab the attention of two people. One is the attention of of the hippogriff woman. The other is the attention of the shark guy with two eye patches over his eyes. You don't know how he's seeing, but somehow he sees you. (laughs) Sharks have very good senses of smell. Oh, okay. Then he smells you. He smells delicious lizard meat. Oh. (laughs) And then he would direct his attention towards you and just yell at you like, Oh, I see what you're doing. Now you go. And then he would shoot out what they look like claws on his hands. They were actually like hooks. And he would like shoot them out at you. Hold up. Does he have two eye patches and two hook hands? Yeah, so they're like clawed hands, but then the claws on his hands shoot out and they're like hooks. Does he also have two peg legs? Uh, he does now. (laughs) (laughs) This man had to be assembled. (laughs) And then I will say, as that is happening, we will switch over to Linda and Hope. So Linda uh, ran off first, then Hope followed after her and you see this unicorn woman she's doing her best holding her own but there are uh, definitely lots of mooks who have the same idea as you did Uh, clearly she's some kind of important figurehead and now they're trying to take her down so she's like doing her best like blocking their blows with her short swords and trying to push some back and and she kicked one guy into the water but you know she's getting overwhelmed one mook uh, slashes at her knee or something and and you can see uh, blood kind of trickling down her pants leg and then the other takes this moment of weakness and like smacks her in the side with a crowbar what would you do linda is going to decide to do something that's a little out of her typical character but she's been training and she feels stronger and tougher and so she's going to put her shoulder down and charge into the guy who's attacking their contact and try and knock him off balance so hopefully he can give their contact some uh, some room to breathe they're not expecting you like i said no one like knew you were on the ship like you just kind of appeared and these are just kind of like shitty little mooks so for sure you uh charge forward with your shoulder first and you just like ram this guy straight off the boat and he joins his friend in the water they, they just sink i'm just gonna say that they just sink they don't know how to swim linda's gonna <laughs> lean over the railing of the boat and say it's a nice day for a swim isn't it and uh <laughs> 
turn around and look for someone to high five. Aurelia, your contact, would look at you with like surprise and she's like holding her side in pain and she's just like, are you new here? I don't recognize you. And then just like as she asked that, uh, one of the mooks who was friends with the other two guys, he uh, is behind you and he tries to strike you from the back. Hope is going to rush over to Linda, high five her, first of all. That is the most important thing. (laughs) Yeah. And then grab the guy that's about to get Linda and then just turn and throw him over her shoulder, ideally into another person that is harassing Aurelia. I will say that you're just able to do that. You are a a strong girl uh, and you're used to fighting. You just meet this guy over your shoulder and he like knocks into another mook. They both splash into the water and they uh, they both start sinking down. And then let me see. Let me see if you guys have like triggered any turns. Well, Hope's definitely going to try and if, if, as far as regular turns go, one of the blacks is try to protect someone in need. And she's going to be doing that for Aurelia since it seems like Aurelia is currently the person most in need of assistance. Uh, yeah. So she sees you and she's just like... I'm guessing your friends, considering you've just rescued me, uh, thank you for that, by the way, but who are you? Where did you come from? You're our contact. You, uh, you sent word about missing something. We're here to find that. Oh, uh, yeah, sure. (laughs) She's just like, I think, you know, her, her mind is still shocked by this fight that is occurring in front of her. So right now we will shoot back to Zen. Um, And so right now you are trying to lift this metal plank. You have the shark guy with the two peg legs. He's shooting hook fingers at you. And you have probably a couple mooks who are just trying to come at you from the back. None of these people like what you're doing. And so they are doing everything they can to try to stop you. The other woman, is she helping me out with the bridge? This is all kind of happening, you know, split second by split second. She is running towards you. She's pushing mooks to the side, you know, stabbing them. She's making a little mook shish kebab and she's trying to get to you, but she's not going to be able to push past these mooks as fast as these hook fingers are coming at you. So bridge is now my second priority. Zen lets the bridge go and starts lashing out with her weapon kicks one or two of these guys into the water, smacks one of them with her tail, Mm -hmm. basically just holding them off until help arrives. Do you just like dodge the the hook hands or do you kind of just take that? (laughs) She will lift up her sword and like use that to block the hook hands to kind of push them off to either side. He makes a disgruntled noise as he wasn't expecting you to uh, lift up your sword to, to parry his fingers. And he's just like, ah, oh, I should have seen that coming. <laughs> and then he retracts his fingers back and he kind of gestures at the mooks at either of his side who are just kind of like bobbing there in their idol animation. And is just like, get her, get them, get the princess. The hippogriff woman finally makes her way over to you and she kind of like looks at you suspiciously, like narrows her eyes at you because she doesn't know who you are. She doesn't know what's going on here with you, but it seems like you're an enemy of their enemies. So for now, she seems to be fine with like allying herself with you. She'll look at you and just be like, this isn't going to work unless we can get the ship moving, but that's going to take a few moments while we power up our boosters. So for now... We'll just hold them off until then. I'm down if you are. Yeah, she's just like, for now, yes, I don't even know who you are. Talk later. Stab now. I agree with you. And you guys can do like a back-to-back fighting mooks montage. 
So with Aurelia and Hope and Linda, you guys are just still on that top of the ship, but for sure there are mooks making their way up to you. Her numbers, like her crew members, are definitely um, smaller than the mooks, which like I said, are just kind of, they seem unending. Like this is like a big battleship type thing that is trying to board your ship right now. And and hers is kind of just like a medium-sized pirate ship. And so all the carnage and stuff in front of you, you see, you know, mooks are for sure. You guys knocked a few guys over on the edge of the water, you know, but you're also seeing the little people and animal people. They are also uh, getting knocked in or or they're getting like straight up fucking stabbed and like uh, maybe not dying, but kind of they look dead on the deck so what would you guys do as you see this scene unfold things are getting worse we gotta get out of here you know what you're right um they we didn't get a chance to power up the engines beforehand they they took us all by surprise so we might need to go down ourselves and try to power the engines if we wait for them to rev up on their own it's it's just gonna take too long and i I fear it might be too late they're going to try to stop me can I please ask you for your help so we don't lose any more of our own? Linda says, I'm on it. And she gives a little salute and she turns to Hope and says, you stay here and you fight. You're better at the fighting. I'll handle this. Aye, right, ma'am. Uh, so she's going to go below deck. She gets down there and uh, realizes that she doesn't actually know anything about engines. <laughs> that is fair. Are you kind of leading Aurelia or did you just like walk off? Like did she just run She off just walked off. She's Linda wants to try and handle it and she just sort of came down and was like, This is absolutely the best way I can help in this situation is by letting the fighting people fight. But yeah, she has no idea about anything about engines. I mean, she knows how to like start a mower, but unless it's like a like pull handle that's obvious somewhere. You just put a key inside and you just twist just it. Twist it. <laughs> I guess like Aurelia's a little dumbfounded. Uh, once again, she's still caught off guard by like this, this this whole sudden development of being attacked and whatnot. And then Linda's like, yeah, I got this. And then she just ran off without Aurelia, who is a little injured right now. Like I said, her, her like knee got a pretty bad gash on it. And, you know, she's been fighting off these people. So she kind of just looks at you, Hope, and it's just like, um, would you be able to help me? <laughs> sure. Thank you. I, I just need you. I-, I won't be able to fight them off on my own. Oh, don't worry. I can handle it. Thank you. Uh, Hope. Hope. Thank you. My name is Aurelia Samaria. I am the captain of the ship. Uh, we have more time for introductions later. Of course, Captain. And then as you guys go down to the engine room... And the Hippogriff woman and uh, Zen are fighting off the mooks. This Hippogriff woman sees Aurelia leaving where she was before and going down to the engine room. And she would be like, Princess, we will guard the ship with our lives and just do what you need to do. We will make sure that uh, none of these creatures will corrupt the ship's presence any longer. And then just, I don't know, kick a guy with her horse feet or whatever horses do. That sounds right. I have a question. Are there cannons on the deck of the ship? There do look to be cannons, like kind of like the entry flap things where cannons are, but they are retracted for whatever reason. Well, I mean, are they on the deck of the ship or are they below? Oh, no, no, no. They're below deck. Before we go, I am going to, if this makes sense to you, take a token for absolutely whiff it when everybody's watching, since Linda's first response was to run below deck to fix engines that she doesn't know anything about. Yeah, the, no, that's fine. That <laughs> I was thinking about that, but yeah, no, totally, go for it. Hope and the princess, Princess Aurelia, will, will go below deck. 
there are like mooks chasing after you and you can see bodies of people who have been stabbed just scattered throughout the entrance and doorways of the ship. There's still some scattered fighting, but definitely not as much as there were near where Zen is. So as you go below deck, you see, I guess you see Linda. (laughs) Um, You see Linda and you see these sleek cannon shaped objects. Not exactly like your standard like cartoon shows where the cannon is like round in the back. And then it's like you put cannonballs in and there's like the lid. It kind of just looks like a sleek laser kind of cylinder in the back. There would be a doorway where there are mooks that are still trying to get into this engine. But some of them seem to be maybe a little bit tougher than than the ones on the top. They've got more spikes on their trench coat. One's carrying a big broadsword. Is that the, the ranking system? Yeah. Oh, yeah. They're bad guys. That's always what it is. They see you. Uh... And they're trying to, like, hack away at this door, which seems a little bit more thick than the other materials on the ship, because the rest of the ship just looks like wood. And so they notice your presence and then charge right at you and the princess. Is there is there something like a, like a board or a shield or something long and flat? My plan was to surf down the stairs and then jump off and use that momentum to knock some of them down before the real fighting begins. I mean, that's dope as fuck, so yeah, you can absolutely do that. Do you take the princess with you, or did you just kind of run ahead to do that? I assume she is safer behind, since I don't think there were a lot of people coming after us, and I feel like Linda can probably handle those. So Hope will go for the advance party, grab like a little decorative shield that's hanging on the wall, use it to surf down the stairs to get some momentum, and then jump off and just land feet first into these these guys, and then just start, kind of like doing what Z was doing, just start working to take them out, or at least occupy their attention, so that way uh, Linda and the princess can do whatever it is they need to do. Did you mean Zen? Yes. Go ahead and gain a token for that. I'm, I'm going to say frighten another with an impressive feat, because the princess is just behind you, and you just, like, in this one swift movement, take a shield down from the wall and freaking, like, snowboard down. And she's just like, wow. <laughs> like, And so these two mooks, they are coming at you. One's swinging their sword at you, and the other's bringing their axe down on you. How are you actually defending yourself since you use gauntlets, right? I mean, her her primary method is to because you know weapons have ranges that which they are effective, um, and hands are the closest range. So what she does is she gets in close to the point where they simply can't swing the sword at her or swing the axe at her mm-hmm. because you need a certain distance to actually be effective with those. Zen's seen this a number of times if they've ever gone toe to toe with their own respective weapons, which would just get in, and then at that point. She's already in your face, and she can just, you know, elbow you in the stomach, and there's not a whole lot you can do about it until you can get some distance, so... Zen thinks that's very cool, but also annoying. Yeah, she she gets in close, <laughs> works to either disarm or render their weapon just kind of useless, and then at that point, they're much easier for her to, to take out. Okay, yeah. So you're just, like, 2v1, beating the shit out of these mooks, who are heftier than the one you, like, knocked into the water. They are stronger. There is definitely a little bit more skill in how they kind of handle this fight. If this were a video game, they, like, have more HP, but it's not like they have a, a large skill set. So Linda, you see Hope flying down the stairs, knocks these people over with with a shield and landing on them. Uh, The princess is kind of hobbling down the stairs. Uh, What do you do? First of all, the most important thing, Linda is going to make a Legolas-themed wisecrack after Hope. (laughs) 
and then turn and look at the princess who she realized has absolutely like no common frame of reference for this to be fair neither does hope but she will still laugh appreciatively <laughs> thank you hope and then of course she's going to remember that there's like more important things going on right now and do her best to kind of um, keep an eye on the princess and walk down the stairs backwards so that she is uh, has her has her rapier forward if anyone tries to come down the stairs and rush them she sees you and she just nods at you and she's like, thank you. Thank you so much. We we will have to introduce ourselves after all of this. And she kind of gestures with, with a hand and she starts like power walking as much as she can over to the uh, hefty looking door. While that is happening, Zen and the Hippogriff woman are beating ass. Uh, do you, do you, did you do anything cool, Zen? Do you have any cool, like, uh, flourish or fight moves you had in mind? I think just the opposite, actually. Zen is doing what she can up here, fighting these things off, and I think she sees, she notices Hope and Linda and their contact all heading off, going below deck. Zen is torn for a moment between, like, should she be going with the rest of them, or is she doing what she needs to be doing right here? Is this the best place she could be right now? While she's contemplating, she loses focus and takes a hit. Okay, the shark guy... He sees, like, you and the Hippogriff woman, you're fending off his lower-ranking thugs, and he gets frustrated, and he starts stomping over with with his peg legs. (laughs) Um, (laughs) His proportions are, like, all off, right? Like, his hands, like, they're huge, and they take up maybe, like, a third of his body, and and they kind of almost hang at the floor, where uh, maybe even his longer fingers are kind of, like, uh, scraping against the metal of the boat, so you can kind of hear this alien scratching, screeching noise as he stomps over. I can't say that because he has big legs. Just kind of just kind of thumps over. <laughs> That's why they're on a metal ship because if you have wood, you just break right through. I'm imagining a street shark here. Oh yeah, that's true. Uh, yeah, Him exactly. and his yaoi hands. <laughs> his yaoi shark hands. Oh. Uh, so as you're overwhelmed by these mooks, he takes advantage of the situation and he claws you right across where's a cool place you want to be clawed i'll let i'll let you have it (laughs) i think like right across the chest and those claws will like catch in her sash and like tear it open oh shit all right so that looks like a fail to react and suffer the consequences so go ahead and get another token for that as this happens the hippogriff woman was being held back by these mooks and she sees you she like shoves these mooks off the side of the metal plank and she stabs forward with her lance and the shark guy holds up his big claw hands and is able to like grab the lance and is like squeezing around the it's not called a blade what what is it called what is the like the body of a lance called point tip I guess. Like the actual blade part or the stick part that you hold? Right now I'm thinking she has like a glaive or like something like a lance, like when people are doing the horseback. Oh, like a like a jousting? Yeah, kind of like that. It's kind of shaped like that, yeah. Oh. Because that's not really a blade. Oh, what is it? It's just a stick. Like a pointy stick. Okay, well this is like metal. It's like, you know what? It's a fantasy weapon. It's gonna be what I want to be. Yeah, that's fair. But yeah, he's holding on to that. She's just like, back fiend. And... He's just like, 
Uh, I can't think of witty script writing because I'm not uh, a super sentai writer. Zen appreciates the assist and she gives the hippogriff woman a uh, wink and a thumbs up. Are you flirting with her? No, no, we're just fighting. (laughs) But this woman gave her the opening she needed to rally and center herself. And Zen like takes her cutlass and presses forward and like goes all out against this shark man who is distracted by Zen's new friend. Okay, so you go up and you cut at him with your cutlass and he wasn't able to block. That's what it's for. Yeah, you cut lasses with the cutlass. <laughs> Actually, don't do that. Um, <laughs> and you get him right in, his, right in his side and he reels back in pain and you just like let out a flurry of slashes, I guess. Is that kind of what you would yeah. be doing? Yeah, so you like push him back like step by step. By step. I'm going to say that that looks like a heavy turn you took. It's this user weapon to drive off an opponent. I think so. Yeah, go ahead and take one of those tokens off. So now, kind of going back downstairs. <laughs> what is it? Below deck? That's what it's called. <laughs> yeah. Hope and Linda are kind of keeping an eye on the princess. She, like, put her her hand on, on the door, and then the door lights up with an ethereal, light blue magic that shimmers, similar to how her horn looks. And then the door kind of shimmers out of existence and behind it is kind of like a turbine engine do you guys know what i mean where it's like kind of like spinning and stuff like that yeah does that make sense yes okay but you know instead of like science fiction it's like glowing with rainbows and stuff like that but uh it's actually a little bit muted because you know it was powered down and so there's a control panel and then she takes a dagger from her side and she cuts her hand open and then she puts her hand atop the console where her, what color should her blood be? <laughs> Rainbow. Pink and sparkly. All right. Yeah. Okay. So I can work with this. So it's like pink and sparkly, but then as it like seeps into the like crevices, like the carvings of this console, it, it lights up with rainbow and it takes several moments before this blood trickles down and the engine, I guess, absorbs it. The turbines start like revving up and, and, and spinning faster and then it, it explodes in kind of like a dazzling light display. Sparkles everywhere. Yes. Glitter. Yes. Oh yeah, hundred percent. And you all kind of even feel like uh, a sense of renewed energy almost like you guys are already fresh in this battle but coinciding with this engine powering back up uh you feel like a a burst of strength and so you guys like below deck are like fine you're already on the ship zen however is on the bridge of the ship or rather this metal bridge and she's like in between the boats so the ship behind you is like kind of shaking movement starting with movement and you're kind of like halfway on the metal bridge well, what happened is the, the hippogriff woman feels the boat starting up, I guess, below her hooves. And she turns her attention back at you. And she's just like, you mystery swordswoman, uh, we have to get back to the ship or else they'll leave without us. We have to go now. That's a lot of words to just say jump. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you can. Is that what you're going to do? Or are you just going to jump? Yeah. Okay. So you, you jump. She runs back onto the boat. Fappy over there like, I didn't expect Zen to do this stupid thing. <laughs> yeah, I really, the boat's moving and you're jumping off into the water? No, I'm jumping from one boat to the, I'm jumping oh. from the bridge back to the boat. Oh, okay, okay, okay. I was like, you're gonna get left behind. What are you doing? <laughs> it's fine, we'll come back. Boats are known for being easy to turn around. <laughs> <laughs> okay, yeah, so that's fine. So she runs back on the boat. You jump back onto the boat. But the shark guy, he's got hook hands. So 
as you try to make a gateway, he's just like, oh, no, you don't. I've got you right in my claws. And he, like, shoots his, his hook hands at you. So Zen is jumping from this bridge, like, back to the boat and does, like, a duck and roll. And I think she'll feel the, the hook hands, like, zip over her head. Nice. And then she is going to, from ass down on the boat, will swing up with her sword and slice him. Are you, are you going to cut off one of his fingers? Yeah, he's putting his hands where they shouldn't be. That's true. He is uh, trying to grab at you without your permission. So yeah, no, totally. So you do a sick roll. You feel kind of like the whiff of his claws cut right over you. And then you slash up. So for him, it's not like he just leaves his claws hanging out when he misses. You know, he's retracting them immediately. But you are able to go quick enough where you like slash upward. And you kind of get one of uh, the last lingering finger and it slices right through the like metal wire i guess that he uses to attract and, and and throw them out and so it just slices right through and he loses a thumb he lets out like a cry of pain he was like that was my favorite thumb i'm going to find you and i'm gonna i'm gonna make you pay yeah just try it i'll take the other one <laughs> you kind of yell that and your voice fades because as soon as like you landed, the ship just started throttling off. So what would you guys do next? Oh, well, assuming it's safe below decks, Hope would head back up to make sure that Zen's not, you know, dead. <laughs> Zen is fine. Her, her sash is kind of ripped to hell. She takes that off. So that's not going to be saved. And I think she like ties it around her head instead. So you look like Ryu from Street Fighter, but you didn't get your headband from your karate boyfriend. Yes. As you do that, the hippogriff woman, she'd like help you up onto your feet. But she's still like, now that the fight's over, now that they're kind of like cleaning up, she's back to being suspicious of you. Like you can tell she's trying to size you up. Zen just grins at her. Hey, pretty nice uh, fighting out there. Yes, you as well. But who are you and where did you come from? And she looks behind you and kind of silently gives commands to some of the crew members and behind you are a bear a bear guy he's just a full-on anthro bear guy just uh, very <laughs> tall and thick and, and muscular and sir barrington is here oh god <laughs> and then there's a gym bro human who's also very muscular and then kind of like to the side is that little feisty little cat boy who definitely got punched in the face <laughs> <laughs> I'm looking so he's got a black eye there. What's the feisty little cat boy's name and what color is he? <laughs> so he kind of looks human. I was about to say something really cursed, which is just like he's kind of like in the movies cats where oh, he's no. Like, no. No, never mind. I don't want to know anything more. <laughs> no, don't like that. <laughs> no, he, is he like Idris Elba nude? No, 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 no. He's not nude. He, so for the most part, he looks like a human, but like with some cat boy features. So he's oh, got like okay. orange cat ears, orange hair, and he has some like tiger stripes on his cheek. He's oh, not like cool. uh, super young, but he's like 18, 19. As for his name, you'll have to ask him yourself. Skimble Shanks. <laughs> what? <laughs> <laughs> the, that's not the pirate cat. So, okay. So Hope's coming back up. Uh, what What's Linda doing? Uh, Linda is going to come along, Hope. But um, she's going to go ahead and support Aurelia, like put an arm around her and kind of help her like limp her way back up the stairs because uh, it looks like she's having a bad time. And now that like the major issue at hand has been temporarily solved, uh, she's going to like escort her back up. So she is very grateful for your assist. She's not like too badly wounded. It's more just like 
fatigue from a strenuous situation and, and she's gotten a little bit roughed up. And then so she would thank you very quietly and just be like, yes, um, my, my name is Aurelia Samaria. You said that you were sent here to help us. Yeah, hi. Uh, my name is Linda and my friends and I are from a little place called the library. I don't know if you know it by name, but uh, when there's something odd or something different, usually we're the ones that, uh, you know, you write to or um, call. Do you, do you have phones? here uh that's hope by the way Hello. and uh my friend zen is uh is the lizard princess <laughs> oh she's a she's a princess well don't tell her i told you that but yes oh is it a secret well she's just not a princess <laughs> anymore she was a princess but long story but anyway i'm melinda let me know if you need anything at all i am always happy to help out Aurelia kind of like furrows her brow at the at the idea of someone who was a princess and is no longer a princess. She seems a little bit concerned about that, but she just nods. I'm retired from the princess <laughs> business. <laughs> and she's like, well, thank you very much for your help there. I fear to think of what might have happened if, if you hadn't arrived when you did. So thank you very much. We hadn't expected that attack from the Exura Imperium. Somehow they found us. I don't know how. So you guys are walking up. I, I imagine Hope's a little bit ahead of you guys, right? Hope went up first to make sure that Zen was, like, alive and also not in danger still. So as you get up there, you see this hippogriff woman who is uh, standing very tall. Her armor's a little bit scuffed from the fighting, but for the most part, she carries her in a very dominant way. And she has, as I mentioned, the bird wings behind her and also kind of, like, tufts of, like, feathers above her her ears and right now she is standing in front of zen looking at her very suspiciously and besides zen are two crew members who she almost looks like she's about to get taken prisoner and as soon as you step onto the deck two more crew members stand beside you hope's gonna give them the side eye but she's been in worse situations before uh zen how you doing i think we're all right she says, looking side to side, and I think Zen has decided in her own mind that if things go bad, she can take these people. <laughs> Linda <laughs> shouts up the stairs, don't worry, we're friendly. Hearing this talk down the hallway, down the stairs, Aurelia would definitely quicken her pace a bit, but not before the hippogriff woman is still going to try to interrogate Zen, and I guess hope at this point. The two guards are basically ushering hope to be, you know, standing next to Zen, but you have the two guards on either side separating you. And so the hippogriff woman is just like, so state your business and where did you come from? I've never seen your faces here before and no one should have been able to board our ship if we don't know who they are. Seems to me plenty of people were boarding your ship when we got <laughs> here, so... I don't know how true that is. Uh, she like, can you like bang the back of your staff like on the floor? Is that a thing people do? Yeah, you can kind of like thump it. She would do that to kind of get Zen and like shut the fuck up. <laughs> <laughs> and she'd be like, well, clearly those Cretans were part of the Exur Imperium. Are you with them? And she would uh, point the blade of her spear or whatever tip of her spear at you. Does it look like I was with them? And uh, Zen will bend down and pick up that hook thumb off of the floor and offer it to this lady as a gift. Here, have a thumb. <laughs> she's grinning. She's very pleased with herself. She thinks this is a good idea. She's like narrowing her eyes at Zen even further. And she's like, this could just all be a very intricate ruse. 
I don't trust the people that I've just met. This lady, with all due respect, I believe if we had intended to do harm to you, we probably would have done so without looking you in the face for it. She still seems, like, not convinced, but before she can kind of push you all further, uh, Linda and Aurelia arrive on the deck, and Aurelia thanks Linda again and kind of, like, separates from her to walk towards the Hippogriff Woman. And she says, Reeve, please, we can settle this in a more civilized manner. I know you're just trying to be protective, but they did help us. And I know you say I'm a little too trusting and that's okay, but I, I do think they are helping us. I do trust them. So everyone calm down. Everyone take a deep breath and then let it go. And then, uh, Reeve, the hippogriff woman, kind of like backs off. Does she take the finger? She did not take the finger. She probably batted it out of your hand. Wow, that's so rude. Not like aggressively, but kind of like knocked her hand a little bit with the lance. Uh, and then the little cat boy, little cat teen, kind of rushes over to Aurelia and seems to like fuss over her a little bit. And, and she just quietly is really like, oh, yeah, I'm fine. And then Aurelia would be like, so we sort of had some introductions uh, during the battle, but it slipped my mind a little bit. Maybe we should have some more formal introductions. Why don't we all go to the, is there a dining room? What is a ship dining room called? A mess hall. Ah, yes. Why don't we all attend the mess hall? Take a break. We're safe for now. I don't know how how long, but for now. Uh, and we should try to gather ourselves and see what our options are. Uh, Linda's definitely going to follow her. And while she follows along, she is going to say, I think this is an excellent idea. Food always soothes things over. Uh, you know what? This reminds me of, um, oh boy, that luncheon I hosted right after the merger. Let me tell you, the only way to get the, the new company and the old company along was a big old platter of catered sandwiches. And Linda's going to go on and on and on and on telling a story <laughs> about the time she organized lunch and had to figure out what kind of sandwiches she could get to help the merger group uh, come together without literally murdering each other. Uh, go ahead and give yourself a token for that, since that is the light turn. Tell a long-winded story about how you once solved a similar problem. Zen is going to just, like, shrug off these guards in a very, like, smug way. <laughs> They aren't as uptight as Reeve is, so they just kind of like shrug and they're like, yeah, that's fair. <laughs> <laughs> Reeve is following behind you because she does not trust you at all. And so, you know, you you all follow Aurelia down to the, the mess. I don't know what a ship layout is. Use your imagination. I'm not going to design a fucking ship and also do world building. Okay, guys? Yeah, we don't need a blueprint. Don't worry. Don't expect that much of me. We don't get paid for this. <laughs> So, you know, you guys go to the mess. There's kind of like a long dining table. There isn't like a head chair or anything either. It's just like two benches on the side of this dining table. And the, the princess sits down and one of the other crew members starts doing first aid on her. And she quietly gives them orders to, to like, you know, bring them food and, and let them know that you all have a guest now. So while she's getting tended to, she, she looks at you guys. She nods for you to take a seat. And she says... I'm sorry that I wasn't able to give you a more formal introduction at first and that it seems like you fell right right into this fight. I am Princess Aurelia Samaria. I am the captain, I suppose, of this ship, uh, the Oasis. Are you friends? Are you part of the resistance? You, you mentioned a, a library. My fathers and, and the other Aural Lords did occasionally speak of some mysterious organization that they occasionally reported to. I suppose maybe they must have reached out, but I don't... Could you tell me one, once more what your mission was? 
Well, we were supposed to find you, actually, and it seems like it's a real good thing we showed up when we did. And Zen grins at Reeve again, and Zen is intentionally antagonizing this woman. <laughs> no, I'm very grateful that you three showed up when you did, as I mentioned to Miss Linda here. I don't know what would have happened if you all hadn't helped uh, push back the Exir Imperium and their Kai Beaters which are the name of the books, you can uh, kind of surmise from the way she said that. And she kind of nods and it's just like, I suppose you found me. Is that all you needed? Did you need to deliver some kind of uh, message? In addition to looking for you, we're looking for something called a um, regalia key. Oh, her eyes kind of go downcast and the crewmate that was tending to her wounds kind of walks off. And uh, another woman with a... um, just a standard looking, you know, human woman, you know, brings over a tray of, uh, uh, I guess, tea time foods, <laughs> like, you know, little, little biscuits and oh, hell yeah. Tiny sandwiches. Yeah. Tiny sandwiches, oh, tiny yeah. pirate sandwiches, um, just an assortment of, of all that. And the princess just quietly thinks, she's like, thank you very much, Elena. Yes. <laughs> now the regalia keys. And then before she can say anything, Reeve, the hippogriff woman points her lance at, at Linda and is just like, Why are you looking for the regalia keys? Well, someone reached out to us and asked us to find them. We're not, we're not in this for us. We're in this for the good of the world or the universe or uh, everyone. Zen smacks the tip of that lance down like, hey, lady, watch where you're pointing that thing. Uh, Reeve scoffs at Linda's words. She points her lance at your journal and she looks at the princess and she's like, I don't trust them. This is the same journal that that betrayer held by their waist. Who's that? Uh, and she scoffs again, and she's just like, don't pretend like you don't know. It's not pretending. <laughs> I can assure you that. I'm afraid we're new here, friend. You might have to explain. That's what they said as well. They just came out of nowhere pretending to be an ally, and then they betrayed us. You're making a lot of assumptions. Aurelia is just like holding out her hand. She's like, everyone just, just calm down. It's okay, Reeve. There's a lot going on here. I do remember my, my, my father's telling me about the secret organization of individuals who will occasionally come in and help us. It's true that in recent memory, maybe that hasn't gone the best, but I don't think that means they're all associated with each other. And Reeve is just like, they're part of the same organization. And Princess Aurelia is like, That's very true, but I think we should just hear their side of things a little bit more, okay? And just kind of like steeple her hands together and just like smiles. Is there anything that we can say or do that will make you trust us? Or is this kind of just a pointless exercise? Reeve just kind of like puffs up her chest and it's just like, yeah, you can uh, walk off the side of the boat and go sink to the bottom of the ocean. Well, that seems a little hostile. I don't think we have to go that far yet. <laughs> Aurelia's just like strained smile at Reeve, who just like huffs and then kind of takes a seat in the corner of the room, still just watching you all. And Aurelia would gesture at the sandwiches and tea and just be like, I want to be able to trust you. You did, you did help us. Is there anything maybe you can use to prove that indeed your mission is to assist me? Any kind of letter or or, or um, something. 
Uh, Linda's going to pull out her journal and open it and show it to Aurelia. So she would skim over the entry and, and see the likeness of her sketch and just nod. And Reeves is on the other side of the room just like, they could have faked it. And Aurelia's just like, I think I trust you for now. Honestly, we need all the allies that we can get, and you came really in the nick of time, and honestly, I can't thank you enough. So, like, specifically, the, the journal entry said, retrieve the lost regalia gem. And so she kind of smiles faintly, and it's just like, I wish I could help you with this, but I don't even, no one really knows where this, where the regalia gem was, was lost. You're not from our world, correct? That is correct. Did your superiors brief you at all on what you should expect or the political landscape of our civilization? And she kind of like laughs at that, like... Zen looks up to, I guess, the ceiling (laughs) and says, real? Hey guys, that was a super badass. Thank you. That was fucking sick as hell. You know, besides kind of what I told you all, I kind of don't really know what's going on. Is anyone kind of disturbed by the betrayer bit? That's given me some, like, evil Desi vibes, and I'm a little concerned. I will admit I too am concerned. However, I am much more concerned by the person with the pointy stick currently in the room. I second Oh, I'm that. not concerned with her at all. <laughs> well, it's, it's more the general attitude than the person themselves. Uh, you know what? That's absolutely fair. That uh, that betrayer person, that, that's a concern for future Hope and future Zen and future Linda, the, the, the horse lady who hates you guys. I guess that is a more pressing concern. Um, I'll let you know if she tries to stab you, I guess. Let her try. Okay, I don't want to, but yeah, uh, we'll see. We'll see. It's fine. Are you guys saying all this out loud or are you saying it in your head? Oh, out loud. I am going to remind Rill of the real task at hand, which is, we need info. Okay, well, first of all, you guys are, like, just talking out loud at this. Everyone's just, like, staring at you. Like, what the fuck is going on? And then Rill would just be like, yeah, I, uh, so far, I don't really know too much more than you guys. Uh, besides, I guess, what a regalia gem is, it looks like a, a bit more kind of appeared in my journal here. As I mentioned, it looks like there's kind of a, a hierarchy of royalty or monarchs, and they all represent their own countries. They added yada. No, skip that, skip that. So it seems they all are in charge of kind of like a powerful gem, I guess. And yeah. That's all I got right here right now. Pad, realizing that talking up to the ceiling seemed kind of silly, put a hand up to her ear like somebody on a phone. <laughs> um, at, at least to make it seem more palatable. And then we'll look over to Aurelia and, and say, um, it seems we have been a little underinformed on the political situation. Can you give us a summary? Uh, yes, of course. There's just been so much going on in the past decade. I don't blame anyone for not really being able to keep, uh, stay informed on what exactly is going on here. The Exur Imperium, they landed on our world a little over 10 years ago and, and started a war to try to take over Crostoria and- Hold up. Yes. Landed? Yes. From where? The stars. What? Yeah. I mean, you three have been beamed into this reality. Is it so strange that someone within our reality descended upon us from from the stars, from the galaxy? Yeah, but we don't live in... Zen stops and turns to Linda (laughs) says, Do we live in space? Zen, we live in a library that exists between the 
various realms and acts as some sort of strange central hub. I don't think we have a whole lot of room to talk here. Yeah, you're right. That's even weirder. I suppose that's <laughs> all right, but I have to agree with Zen on the, um, a little unsettled about the aliens. So were we, because they tried to take over our planet and mostly succeeded. Oh, that's, um, I'm sorry to hear that. Yeah, me too, but, uh... <laughs> She kind of, like, stares down at her tea, throws it back, shoves a sandwich in her mouth. That's rough, buddy. Yeah. <laughs> Linda feels very awkward that she doesn't have a sorry about your planet card for everyone to sign. <laughs> so, yeah, so she continues. Our kings and our rulers, uh, our lords, of, of which my fathers are part of, they used their regalia gems, the artifact that you are in charge of locating, and created the regalia keys and inscripted soldiers, uh, elite warriors to, to fight on our behalf. But while we gained a momentary advantage, it, it wasn't enough. It, it, it was almost like they knew all of our plans, our, our hideouts, our everything. It's like they could see 10 steps ahead of us. Eventually, our kingdoms fell, and in a last-ditch effort to protect the innocence of our kingdoms, my fathers and the other our lords uh, cast a spell to try to stave off the Exer Imperium, and in doing so, they reshaped the face of our planet. It's all ocean. It's all it's all sea. There's not much land anymore. Any land that is still present has been taken over by by the Imperium, and any any of the resistance left. We've we've tried very hard in the past ten years to fight back. And, and stay strong, but it's just one loss after another, and we're very much on our last legs here, so... Well, I'm glad that we were here, then. This is what we do. We are here to help. Yes, we're very grateful for that. And she kind of, like, looks off at Reeve, who's just, like, still glaring at you guys. Maybe a little, like, not pouty, but kind of pouty. <laughs> and uh, Aurelia is just like, yes, uh, I wish I could help you as well. The Regalia Gems, there was one that was lost decades ago, we were never able to locate it again. The Aro Lord who was in charge of this one, she disappeared. Well, where was it before it was lost? Well, you see, the Regalia gems, before they were turned into keys, they, they helped give strength to our royalty. And in turn, the Aro Lords are able to keep Crystoria in peace. And so these gems, they kept them on their persons. The lost gem is the Violet Regalia gem. It was on the person of Baroness Angus before she disappeared. What about the other ones? Where are they now? At this question, her eyes fall even further. She throws back another tea. Well, during the war, the gems were turned into keys, and these keys transformed some of our best, most elite warriors into super soldiers, if you will, and they use these powers to help defend Crystoria. Well, that sounds pretty cool. It is. It's very cool. It's very, it's very lit, as they say back in the old days. <laughs> Unfortunately, we the keys are for the most part lost. The betrayer, as Reeve had mentioned, there was an attack that we had planned. It was meant to be a way for us, for the resistance to really uh, turn the tide of battle. And well, the betrayer betrayed us. That That's how they got their name. As one does. Yep, yep. <laughs> We're not super creative. It's, it's hard, you know. Um, <laughs> and they led us into a trap. All the other uh, orangers, they got captured, and their their keys remained with them, at least temporarily. We tried to rescue them, and we failed. 
So the gems at the moment are in the middle of the enemy base and and very, very strictly watched over. Well, I've certainly heard of worse places. I, I mean, this place is pretty bad. It's, uh, you know, like, uh, it kind of looks like a, a really messed up science lab. It's not a good place. Oh, not to be a downer, but uh, yeah, that sounds like not the best place for those to be. I'm familiar. Oh, I'm so sorry. She just like, you know, shakes her head like it's it's nothing. Don't worry about it. <laughs> and incidentally, I have to ask, these gems and keys don't have anything to do with, with dragons, do they? Dragons? Just making sure. Call it a, a personal thing. We have dragons, but none of these are dragon related. Okay. Good to know. Hope, don't be weird. <laughs> <laughs> so you mentioned an oringer. What what's that? Are those uh is that are those friends of yours? Oh, yes, they are the the heroes of Crystoria who helped defend us in the war even though we didn't win. Um they are they tried their best. They certainly did with the blessing of the of the Aro Lords. They took hold of the Regalia Keys, and they were able to transform and wield magical powers to fight back against the Exur Imperium. And these are the Orangers, and they were one of the things keeping our rebellion and resistance together. So now that they're gone, much of our resistance's effort has been trying to retrieve them, and we're not doing so good. Do you think if we found those, we might be able to use them somehow to find the missing one? Yes, that's definitely a theory. The only problem is is that they are in the middle of the Grand Citadel in Exeropolis, the citadel of Overking Exerin, and so it's very, very heavily guarded. It's been a struggle trying to get in into this facility. We'd managed to once, and that was we were not able to fulfill our mission, and uh, some would say we maybe took heavier losses than we can afford. Exer, Exeropolis, Exer Imperium. I have a sense that this Overking Exer is quite enamored of himself. Oh, yes, he's a total dickhead. <laughs> I mean, aren't they all? Yes, I would say so. They kind of did jump on our planet and, and start a war, which uh, is pretty gosh dang rude of them. Every empire is the same. That's true. Well, I suppose our next move is to break into this facility and see if we can find the keys. Yeah, all we have to do is the impossible. Uh, that would be great if you if you all could. That would be incredibly helpful. For now, we should head back to safety. We have our monthly summit to meet back with the other groups of the rebellion. It'd be good of me to introduce you to them, and, and maybe we can all come up with a plan to infiltrate the Citadel there. But for now, you you are my guests. At that, you can hear Reeve kind of like scoff, and, and Aurelia just kind of glances at, at Reeve, and it's just like, you are my guests. <laughs> if there's anything we can do to help you or make you more comfortable in this in this world, just, just let us know, and I'll let you know once we arrive at Anchor's Edge. That sounds wonderful. Thank you so much for your hospitality and for the explanation. We will do our darndest to do right by you. Yes, thank you, Captain. Thank you so much, Zen says, still like shit-eating granite for Reeve. <laughs> and she just nods and she's just, ah, if you need anything, you can ask Elena, who is in charge of our food stores and storage, and Reeve, if they have any questions, be nice. And then she kind of looks at the cat tea next to her and is just like, of course, Chance is always willing to help. And he kind of looks more suspiciously at you guys, but he just kind of nods. He's not like 
the same way Reeve is being suspicious. He's just uh, a kid who grew up in a war-torn world and strangers were beamed onto his ship suspicious. <laughs> so, um, yeah, and then she gets up and is escorted back to her, her chambers. Linda immediately wants to go over and sit next to Chance and be friends. She knows he's not like a cat cat, but he probably (laughs) has a cat personality. Uh, So she's very excited to talk to him. Okay, so kind of like how Rill Rill, Rill sits with like their feet on the chair and like their knees close to them, kind of like hunched over. He's kind of sitting like that a little bit. And he like looks at you as you're coming over. He's just kind of watching you. His tail's kind of like flicking side to side. Like he's not mad or like agitated or anything. He's just kind of curious slash suspicious. His little kitty ears are twitching as he looks at you. Linda really has to suppress the urge to say, aww, because she knows he's like a person, kind of. (laughs) But it is very aww. (laughs) He just kind of lets out a quiet like, hello. Hi there, my name is Linda. I, I I guess I already said that, but it's so nice to meet you. My name is Linda, and you are, um, can you remind me again? <laughs> yeah, my name is Chance. Chance, what a sweet name. What do you do around here, Chance? Oh do you keep the ship clean and, and nice and safe and cozy? He, like, furrows his brow at this and kind of puffs his cheek, cheeks a little bit and kind of, like, looks forward and it's just like, I mean, yeah, sometimes, but, like, that's not my job. I can be useful. I can do stuff. I don't just clean the ship. Man, Linda's trying so hard not to touch his soft little cheeks. (laughs) Oh, no. (laughs) So, uh, boy, what do you say to a cat when you can't talk to them like a baby? Like, I guess Linda (laughs) would be like, so, uh, do you, do you have any, um... I noticed your sweet little ears. Which of your parents is a cat? Is one of your parents a cat? My parents are dead. Oh. Oh no. Oh, I'm I'm so I'm sorry and I'm sorry to Probably one of them was a cat. Oh. I mean, that's how like parents work, right? Like That is how parents work, but um when a woman and a cat really love each other. <laughs> he doesn't seem like super put off by like what you said like by his parents being dead like it it's just kind of like a thing he's more like weirded out by like your questions and just like what the fuck is going on because <laughs> he's just like are your parents humans like what <laughs> well um it was very nice meeting you but um uh, you seem busy I'll, I'll go ahead and let you do your thing but um but i love meeting new people so if you ever want a, a, a friendly face to talk to you can always and then she just kind of turns around and leaves she has recognizes that she has completely made a mess of this (laughs) oh my god linda that was so awkward (laughs) i'm so sorry i feel like you should get a light turn for that like a token but i don't know which one it would be well it's either absolutely whiff it or fail to react and face plant hard it's a metaphorical face plant but it's a pretty big one I think that's a metaphorical face plant. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'd say either way you get a token, okay. so it's fine. Man, I'm going to be great during the fighting part of this because I've just uh, <laughs> embarrassed myself in the first part. Yeah, I guess do you guys do anything else? Uh, Reeve is definitely like keeping an eye on you guys. So like as soon as you guys get up to leave, she is also like 10 feet behind you, like following you. Zen's going to like sling an arm around this poor woman's shoulders and be like... So how long is it going to take us to get there? I don't have to divulge that information to you, Zen. Kind of like <laughs> look at her, if that's even your real name. Oh, do you have do you have Grog on this ship? Should we make friends the old-fashioned way? Linda's already trying to figure out what kind of drinks you can make with Grog. Do you mean wine? <gasps> you or have ale? wine that's even better. Yes, we have alcohol on the ship. 
she kind of thinks about this for a moment. Is like, okay, well, she doesn't really want to be like hospitable to you guys, but like, actually, it might be good to get you drunk. What do you say to a little happy hour, Reeve? Yeah, maybe we can make it interesting somehow. Don't play that finger knife game, Zen. Please, I've talked to you about this. <laughs> so would Hope actually be really good at that? <laughs> she is an android. Uh, yes, actually. <laughs> Reeve relents. She is just like, uh, yes, this is acceptable, I suppose. Elena, can you please bring us a bottle of our most adequate mead? She's not going to give... She's going to ask for your best meat. Wow. Like, fuck you guys. <laughs> and so I guess you guys would just sit back at the dining table. And Chance is just kind of like still sitting there. Because he's just like puzzling over the interaction that him and Linda had. And you know, he's kind of like... Not a kid, but he's like a teen. Late teens, early 20s. And, and so he wants to... Uh, he wants to get some of that boozy. And he kind of like looks at Reeve. Like almost as if for permission. And she just looks at him and is just like... You can tell they like, kind of like share a look. And he relaxes a little bit uh, once you guys sit back down and sort of maybe even leans a little bit closer to kind of be like join your group. And so Elena, the the store's manager, I don't know what that position is called. She brings over uh, a couple bottles of of mead and and, and some cups, mugs, flagons. Flagons also. You can drink meat out of anything. Yeah, yeah. Uh, she brings you drinking utensils, and there are crazy, <laughs> there are cr- crazy straws with like a unicorn in, in the middle of the crazy straw. Can't wait to raise my drinking utensil in a show of camaraderie. <laughs> yeah, drinking horns made out of unicorn horn. Oh, no. or is that kind of dark and scary? No, that's kind of fucked up. I don't like the implications of that. <laughs> that's what the enemy drinks out of. Yeah, so she smiles and she's just like, yep, just let me know if you if you all ha- uh, need anything else. Reeve, play nice. Um, and she walks off and Reeve is just like, uh-huh. Linda turns and watches Elena as they leave because she has the vague nagging suspicion that she's met her before. Yeah, she brought over banana meat. Oh, ew. Ew. <laughs> okay, fine. She brought over regular meat, but also banana meat, which she made herself. So oh, don't be rude. <laughs> all right. Hope's going to try out the banana meat. I, just for the record, would never drink banana meat ever. No, that's Fortunately, fair. she can also turn off her taste buds. <laughs> Actually, normally she can turn off her taste buds. Oh, no. But... Does she just do like a spit take? <laughs> nope, she's gonna she's gonna brave it, but there's a single tear that slides down her cheek. <laughs> just like slowly rolls down her Zen unironically likes it. Of course she because she's horrible. Linda would try some to be polite, but she's gonna stick to regular <laughs> mead. Chance would kind of pull at your sleeve and like be like, Can I have some? Is that uh oh mm, Linda was absolutely gonna ask if it was okay with his mom if he had some. <laughs> <laughs> I guess Linda will just look around and say, How how old are you? Uh, does that matter? Are you older than 17? Yes. I guess that's fine, but but don't tell anybody, all right? Is that a cat ears or? <laughs> You'll never know. Belinda <laughs> <laughs> winks and slides over a drinking utensil. He will sip right out of the unicorn sippy straw. And he just kind of like looks at you like he's warming up to you. His kind of thing about you right now is you're nice, but you're weird. Or maybe it's you're weird, but you're nice. He can't really tell at this point. <laughs> Both of those are fair assessments of the interactions they have had thus far. <laughs> so Reeve would look at you, Zen. Right now, she is just like, she wants to challenge you. So she would be like, okay, what were your ideas on making this fun? Well, Zen uh, pours another another glass of that banana mead and uh, <laughs> offers it to her. And she takes it and drinks it. And, and what is her reaction? She likes it. She, she's oh. like, Elena's the best. Like, she, she's on the ship. Like, she knows Elena. Like, she she drinks this. 
So Linda and, and Hope are just the rude ones. Linda took some to be polite and didn't say anything mean about it. Hope's gonna lean over to Linda and, and be like, does does then always do this? Is this a common thing? She's either trying to fuck someone or fight someone. It's one or the other. Yeah, that's pretty much accurate. I think I think Linda would pass that on a little more delicately worded than that, but essentially that sentiment. <laughs> so Zen says to this woman, like, all right, we'll each have a couple more of these, then we'll go up on deck. And if you still want to throw me overboard, you can try and put me there. And she kind of smiles, not in like a shitty or mean way. She seems like actually intrigued and amused by this. She likes the cut of your jibs, Zen, and she would throw back a thing of mead, a bottle, a glass, a, a drinking utensil of mead. Um, <laughs> and I think Elena, it would just come like she's just like... It would be very not classy of us to drink it straight from the bottle. Oh, it's fine. Elena brought over like two bottles in each hand and then like put it down one, two beside you and two beside uh, Reeve. So I guess you guys just like drink, right? Like you guys just start drinking each other, just like meeting eye contact, not yeah. looking away. No, there is some intense eye contact going on here. Hope, can you swim? Uh, very well. Oh, yes. good. We're going to need <laughs> someone to pull Zen out of the ocean, I'm afraid. <laughs> That's fine. I can manage that. Okay, so Zen and Reeve are doing their... What would you call this? Where they're like, I don't know, trying to show each other up? Showboating. Show, yeah, because <laughs> they're on a boat. <laughs> yeah, so they're showboating a bit. Linda's making sure that no one falls literally in the water. She's worried <laughs> about it. Hope is also up there because she can swim and can do rescue if necessary. Okay, so here's, I guess, a kind of a fucked up question. Maybe I should have considered this considering I made these characters and it's a water world. How does a centaur swim? Can horses swim, Ziva? Horses can swim. Okay. But I don't know how well. Yeah, how would it work when you have four legs, but then two human arms and also like... Wing. <laughs> I think you use your two human arms to hold your weapons out of the water and you swim with your horse legs. Maybe you use your wings to like paddle. Oh my gosh. <laughs> the wings confuse me, but I'm pretty confident about the horse slash eagle legs and the human arms. She's like a whole ass boat on her own. Okay, yes. but what if we just gave the horses flippers that they could put onto their hooves? No. Like, wouldn't that, wouldn't that <laughs> oh. solve the whole problem? We're going to find out that she's secretly just a Kelpie. Oh, <laughs> gribbling that down for now. Knowing what Kelpies do, I don't like that. <laughs> Come on, Zen, let's go for a ride. It's fine. <laughs> All right, so, I mean, this has only been a few minutes, so you guys probably aren't, like, drunk yet or even, like, feeling it yet, right? I, how, how long does it take for a normal person to get drunk? More than one drink an hour. Okay. Well, they've both had a couple bottles at this point, right? Yeah, they're drunk. Because you guys are trying to, like, out-drink each other, and then Zen was like, oh, here's a drinking game or whatever. So, yeah, she would walk with you up there, and so she would, I guess, kind of clarify the wager, right? You said you'd stay there and, I guess, be okay with being left behind. I don't know. I don't know if I said I'd stay there, but basically it was, um, you know, you, you can try and throw me overboard if you still want to do that. She would ask you, like, what would you want your wager to be? Like, what do you want out of this if you win? This better not be a horny answer. Wow. <laughs> I guess I would just want you to give us a chance. Tone down the, the 
suspicion a little bit. Just chill. And she just kind of huffs, no, she will not chill. (laughs) Yeah, so she would go up there and then people kind of look up from their posts or whatever cleaning jobs and, and, you know, they're trying not to be too obvious that they're watching, but they're definitely watching you guys wrestle or whatever it is that you're trying to do. How does a centaur and a lizard woman wrestle or fight? I don't know, but this is how it happens. Well, it's definitely wrestling. This is unarmed combat. They're just going at it with arms and legs, basically. Hope is going to go ahead and and shout out advice to see if she can go ahead and tip it in their favor. Rail is just like, uh, a horse's weakest point is their legs. Break her legs. (laughs) I'm not going to break her legs. (laughs) That's not the goal. That sounds like some quitter talk. <laughs> you're going to you're gonna want to get her on her back because that way her hooves are just going to do absolutely nothing for her. And it's very difficult for horses to stand up. How do you put a centaur on her back? She's got wings. That seems really hard. She's got two backs. She's got two backs. I mean, I'm not the one doing the wrestling. I'm trusting you in the implementation here. So, yeah, I think you guys are like, you guys are just trying to grapple each other, right? Yeah, it's it's grappling. Someone would come over and maybe, like, facilitate as, like, not the referee, but, like, someone who, like, counts down and is, like, three, two, one, and then, like, I guess it is a referee, right? Yeah. 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 So they count you down to this, the start of this combat, and you guys are, like, circling each other on the deck of the ship while people are trying not to watch, but, you know, more and more people are being less obvious about it. Yeah, we've both got hands up in, like, the fighting stance. I've watched Archie, or Riverdale. I know what wrestling's... (laughs) They had an entire arc about it. (laughs) Yeah, so she would, once your back was close to the edge of the ship, she would kind of lunge forward to try to grab at you, like grab at your arms to try to gain some kind of leverage on you and try to push you back. (laughs) Zen's aim is to suplex the centaur. How the fuck do you suplex a centaur? (laughs) I don't know, but we're going to figure that out. Okay. (laughs) Yeah, how do we decide? Like, I guess we're supposed to, like, roleplay this out a bit, but I'm wondering, do you have any, like, turns you can use? I may always display impressive fighting technique. This is actually twofold. It's displaying impressive fighting technique, but also trying to prove myself to another. Okay. No, yeah, that that's perfect. So I say, you know, fights don't really last that long in, in like, real time. So you two are going back and forth, kind of shoving each other around. I imagine you two aren't, like, actually, like, punching each other or anything. It it is very much just, like, a grappling. Grappling, yeah. Yeah. So, you know, you go a few minutes, maybe less than that even, trying to push each other around, just kind of, like, assert your dominance. We're also, like, quite drunk, both of us. That's true. (laughs) So you guys probably think you guys are so crisp, your movements are so crisp, and it's, like... Everyone watching is just, like, embarrassed for us. (laughs) Two fucking drunk idiots, (laughs) just, like, (laughs) to, like, kind of sloppily pulling at each other. Hope's gonna lean over to Linda and go like, do you think that they're seeing this as poorly as we are? Or is <laughs> is this a usual thing for her? I think the most likely outcome is that we both just tire each other out. Yeah, so this is, this is a regular turn because you're displaying impressive fighting technique. So I think you would show her up, you know, kind of be the victor in this. So what is your finishing move here? <laughs> I think I already made that pretty clear. I'm gonna suplex the centaur. Oh my god. <laughs> Okay, describe this to me. <laughs> Zen isn't going to, like, throw her overboard, though. Zen will duck low and kind of get an arm around her where her uh, horse body meets her person body. Her waist? Yes, I suppose that is her waist. 
We need like a chart that's like the the parts of a centaur. Yeah, let me check my biology textbook from college. I'm sure I can find something. <laughs> yeah, let me Google this really quick. <laughs> so Zen gets an arm around her waist and uses her tail for some leverage, plants her feet, and I think they kind of just topple over together. Oh my god. No, yeah, that's great. You two fall over with like a heavy thud. You're both panting, heavy breath. People kind of see that this is over and done with. It wasn't as cool as they wanted it to be, probably. And they go back to what they were doing. And you are both thoroughly worn out. And she kind of like looks at you, clearly assessing what happened, the situation here. And she kind of huffs and pushes herself up and holds out a hand to help you up too. And Zen's panting heavily, tired, takes her hand, pulls herself up. And says, maybe we should just stick to the drinks. (laughs) Uh, She kind of like chuckles. She nods and she's just, I'm still not convinced about who you people are, but I can tell when someone's a good fighter and I can respect that. She just nods at you and then gestures for you to go back under the deck where the, uh, not cafeteria, what, mess hall, that's it. You guys taught me that phrase. Um, the mess hall where there is undoubtedly more mead waiting for you. So I think that normally Linda would be up for another drink, but uh, it's been a long and strange day for her, and she is very worn out by trying to make sure that Zen did not end up in the ocean. So I think she's probably going to try and help everyone clean up the debris after the battle. Not like necessarily, it's just like a way of finding out information. She just feels like it's polite. She's not sure what the etiquette is for when someone hosts you on their pirate ship, but um, she does feel like... <laughs> Like, helping clean up is probably a polite thing to do. What is proper pirate etiquette? <laughs> there wasn't a Garfield strip about this, so I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> Having figured out that the fight is done and that Zen and Reeve are probably not going to be trying to kill each other anymore, Hope is just probably going to hang out up on deck. She actually spent a large portion of one of her previous adventures on a ship, so she's very knowledgeable when it comes to, like, how to be a sailor and and how to hook things up and how things are supposed to work. So she's also going to go ahead and lend her considerable aid to, uh, you know, making sure that everything's running ship shape and everything's cleaned up and taken care of and, and nothing's bad. Yeah, okay, so Linda, you see a couple people just trying to clean up the ship. Uh, there's probably not... Well, there's probably some blood, but also mysterious goo that is just like dripping off the trench coat minions, you know, the ones they just sink. So people have just been gathering up the bodies of those minions and then there's like a big pile and people are just throwing them in the ocean as the boat's just like very gently sailing along. So there's probably one like really burly guy and another anthropomorphic bear person, um, very sturdy. You know, they're just doing the thing where they, you have, you know, two people on either end. They're like swinging and heaving the bodies and, and it's just like a very rhythmic splash as these bodies go sinking into the ocean. The bear person sees you. You probably got like an open expression where it's obvious that you want to help. A resting nice face. Yeah, <laughs> a resting nice face. It's like her resting nice face is probably like so warm. Oh yeah, no, Linda's definitely got an extremely warm and open just default face. <laughs> and she's one of those people who actually, yes, is warm and open. Aw. Yeah, so the bear would would look at you and kind of nod at you and be like, yeah, you looking for something to do? 
Yes, my name is Linda, and I feel like, you know, we really owe y'all uh, just, a, just a little bit of help around here since you're feeding us and giving us your finest banana meat and taking us with you. So, uh, what, what can I do to help? Is there maybe some, um, something I can, I can sweep? Maybe something that doesn't involve so many dead bodies? You know, why don't you, uh, grab one of these rags in the bucket there and start wiping down the deck? Really appreciate it. Kind of keeps things spick and span. You really don't want to, uh, have people slipping in goo here and knocking their heads on the, on the edge of the ship. That happens more likely than we'd like to admit. You're not from around here, right? Uh, you definitely weren't on the ship when we last left Anchor's Edge, I feel like, so... Uh, no, I'm I'm not from around here, but I'm wherever you need me to be. And then she grabs a, a bucket and, and kind of leaves. Uh, she's not sure how much she should tell people about where she's from. She She's still sort of testing the boundaries of library rules. Yeah, that's fair. They would have, you know, been trying to talk to you. They definitely had that open air. You could kind of, you know, when someone tries to make small talk with you, you yes. definitely had, got that feeling from them that they would have continued to talk with you if if you wanted to. So, you know, you, you're just doing that. You are just wiping off this green and, and bluish goo. It's got the consistency of blood, but it's just a different color. And, and, you know, people are mostly just leaving you alone. For the most part, you're just doing your own thing there. And then hope, because you said you have, like, sailing knowledge. Knowledge. Is there a specific task you're looking for to help with? Or are you kind of like Linda, just kind of walking around and helping whoever looks like they need it? She's probably looking for tasks to best suit her, her physical capabilities. So, you know, she's pretty strong. She's pretty agile. So she'd be looking for, like, having to move large objects or, you know, if they need to tighten up the ropes or change the sails up, she can help do that. She'd kind of be looking for that first. But if there, you know, was basically just grunt and cleaning work left to do, then she'd go ahead and do that. I think you can definitely help with, like, the sailing stuff, the sails. So, yeah, you see two people at the base of the, the mast. That's where the sails are from, right? <laughs> I should have studied more on ship anatomy. <laughs> They're trying to fix up that whole deal. And, you know, you look like you're kind of steering your way over there with, with a bit of purpose. So there's a, there's a little mouse-looking person, not like an anthropomorphic mouse person, but they've got, like, more like a standard human-looking form with, like, mouse ears and stuff like that and then kind of eagle looking anthropomorphic person um they kind of look like a parrot and and so they're just gathering up the ripped up fabric and and preparing to put up the new sail this boat is you guys kind of like rocketed it off in the distance and because as far as from what you can tell what the princess did was kind of like an emergency boost to the engine so it wasn't meant to be like a long sustaining thing that kind of just got you away in the moment and so now you all are sailing slowly just kind of drifting along as you lick your wounds and whatnot so the bird person sees you and is just like ahoy <laughs> you looking for something to do it sure. sounds like mickey mouse <laughs> <laughs> well there is a bird there is a mouse person there and also if you say that name again i'm certain the lawyers will be after us no please mickey they mouse, have like mickey mouse mickey mouse <laughs> <laughs> no. oh, if you say it three no. times, a lawyer will appear and serve <laughs> you yep. a uh, yep. a C and D. Uh, yeah, the mouse person looks at you and it's just like, oh yeah, so uh, you're one of the newbies, huh? Yes, but I'm here to lend a hand if I can do so. Uh, yeah, that would be super helpful. Um, you know, I, I'm more quick on my feet. I'm not the most upper body strong type person. So, uh, I, you know what? I'll actually leave you two to it. How's that sound, gang? 
Hope's just gonna give a little salute. Yeah, that's fu- that's fine with me. Uh, she looks a little scrawny, but you know, I'll I'll take what I can get. <laughs> the bird does a little playful salute, takes up the ripped up sails, and, and walks away. Right? Hope's just gonna look at the virus and be like, "All right, not say anything, but you know, the obvious look of all right, what's what's next?" And that's where we'll pick up next time on the Eternity Archives. Rules light. Gay heavy. Knees weak. Mom's spaghetti. Listen to us truly earn the explicit podcast tag on Roll Gay Roleplay. Where we roll with sass and kick some ass. Our dysfunctional party isn't afraid to get our hands dirty. Feel free to interpret that however you want. So violence is on your gay agenda. Come join our campaign at Roll Gay Roleplay. And And may Yonsei be be with you. The Eternity Archives is hosted, produced, and edited by Dorka, Bappy, and Ziva. Find us on Twitter at, at @thearchivespod or online at theeternityarchives.com. Our intro music is Paint the Sky by Hans Adam, and sound effects are obtained from zapsplat.com. Check out our show notes for more information and some helpful resources. If you enjoyed this podcast, please rate, review, and subscribe to the Eternity Archives on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you prefer to listen. Consider supporting us by telling your friends about us, or leave us a tip at our Ko-fi page, ko-fi.com slash theeternityarchives. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time. Be gay. Roll dice. An LGBTQIA actual play podcast network.